Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensa, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensa is the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. Last week, we began looking at eschatology, the Christian doctrine of the end times. And I explained that we have two branches of eschatology. The first one is personal eschatology, dealing with your end, your death, and where you go after death, the intermediate stage. And the second branch is what we call general eschatology which applies to everybody shall we pray our heavenly father we thank you you have not left us in the dark concerning the end times our prayer father is that as you unfold the events of these end times, the last period of the age in which we live, give us understanding. Prepare our hearts. Wake us up. Sharpen us. Give us discernment to know how to walk. In these last days, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So, today, I want to begin the series on general eschatology. By way of revision, Last week, I tried to pin you down to the fact that you will die. The game of death is such that no human being wins. The statistics for death is 100%. All die. The rich die, the poor die. The illiterates die, the academicians die. The children die, adults die. Monarchs, presidents die, paupers, prisoners die. All die. 
We have found out that death is irresistible. When he comes, you lay down your tools and he says, stop work. We have also seen that death is fearful because death is unknown. Nobody comes back to tell us what is going on. The ancients die, great-grandfathers die, grandfathers die, fathers die, and we are in the queue. And I have tried to reason with you that the Christian Bible teaches that death is not the end of man. And that the spiritual part of man, his soul and his spirit, continue to live as if nothing has happened. And I try to prove it to you from the scriptures. That we go to Sheol or Hades, where the wicked dead are kept in cell against the great white throne judgment then also fallen angels too wicked to roam about this earth are chained in the bottomless pit of Tartarus awaiting judgment but the righteous dead after Christ Jesus are swept to be with the Lord. Philippians chapter 1 verse 21 up to 23 and 2 Corinthians chapter 5 the first 5 verses. And I tried to close that session with a warning that eternity is too big too important to toy with if you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior you pass out of spiritual death into eternal life and God gives you everlasting life 1st John chapter 5 verse 11 and 12 say this is the testimony God has given us eternal life but this life is in his son he who has the son has life he who does not have the son of God does not have life and the verse 13 says I write this to you who believe in the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal life Now, we want to move from there to look at the signs of the end times. And I know that I am going to rush in this sermon, but at the same time, the issues I'm, I'm presenting 
could not be more important. I want to attempt to give you 10 end time signs given by Jesus, his followers, and the rest of the Bible for the whole world. And then I will add to that 10 end time signs for the church of God. Even though I have to cover this in one session, I plead with you that you go and Google the topics I will be listing because I cannot do justice to them within these 45 minutes. By way of introduction, I want to make three key points. The first one is that no religion in the world has ever attempted to pinpoint the signs of the end times. No religion. No religion. No religion. Because they cannot. But Jesus and the Christian Bible face this and they dare to give us at least 20 signs of the end times. My second point in the introduction is that these words are some of the most solemn words of Jesus in the whole Bible. In Matthew 24, 35, Jesus said in his message on the end times that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. In Mark 13, 31, he says the same thing. And in Luke 21 verse 33, Jesus says the same thing. This is important because these three chapters are the chapters which form the nucleus of the Christian teaching about the end time, the signs of the end times. Please, let us read Matthew 24, 35 just for effect. Matthew chapter 24 we are reading verse 35. Heaven and earth will pass away but my words will never pass away. Any human being who says this is either a madman or God. You cannot have any other way of accepting this. Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And he says this in the context of the signs of the end times. 
my third comment, introductory comment, is that Christians fall into two extreme classes when it comes to the signs of the end times. We have one group which says, well, I don't mind anything about the end times. Let me just be a Christian, be a good Christian, because Jesus uh, says that uh, nobody knows the hour. And therefore, why bother? Then the other group of Christians are so intent on the details of the end times that they have come out that by 6 p.m. of January 25th, Jesus will come. And they predict that four and five times and say, do you know, the Pope, Catholic Pope is the Antichrist. Hey, uh, 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 Karl Marx is the Antichrist. Uh, oh, you know, Obama is the Antichrist. Oh, no, it's now Donald Trump. He is the Antichrist. Uh, uh, they, are, uh, they have many Antichrists. What is the middle position of the Bible? In Matthew chapter 24, verse 36, Jesus says, Of that day, an hour nobody knows not even the son of god yes let's read matthew it. chapter 24 verse 36 yes no one knows about that day or hour no one knows about that day or hour not even the angels in heaven not even the angels in heaven nor the son nor the son even jesus says himself that day or hour he does not know but only the father only the father therefore it is silly to spend all your life you know looking into the mouth of afghanistan and into the back of pakistan and in on the shoulders of uzbekistan and then finding out and saying that yes you see actually uh, saudi arabia has moved its leg and that is in micah chapter 2 verse 8 and then at the end of the day all such prognosticators are bound to end up in shame and confusion. It doesn't come to pass. They also don't give up. They are after new prophecies to tell us it will be a Thursday. Now, Jesus told his disciples in Acts chapter 1, from verse 6 to 7, they were saying after Jesus' resurrection, Lord, will you at this time give the kingdom back to Israel? And Jesus said, it is not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Father has set in his own power, authority. But you shall receive power and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. This means that the signs of the end times are to make us alert. They are to cause the church to prepare. They are to help us to know the direction in which to prepare and to discern the times. 
But at the same time, not to be silly and unwise. So, what are the 10 biggest end time signs that the Christian Bible has put down for the whole world? Let me mention them and then try to work through them for half my time. Number one, wars and rumors of wars. Number two, famines. Number three, earthquakes. Number four, pestilences and pandemics. Number five, increasing satanic and 666 spirit activities. Antichrist spirit activities. Number six, increase in knowledge. Number seven, increase in travel. Number eight, scoffers and mockers. Number nine, moral decadence or depravity, bad character increasingly. And number ten, normal. God ignoring life of peace and safety. Allow me to take some time to break this down for you. So number one, wars, rumors of wars, kingdom against kingdom, Nation rising against nation, political unrest. We find this in Matthew chapter 24, verse 6, Mark chapter 13, verse 7. And Luke chapter 21 verse 10. Let's see if we can read quickly the Matthew 24 and verse 6. Matthew chapter 24 verse 6. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. In the past 50 or so years, we have had great political uprisings. After the First World War and the Second World War, 
human beings thought that with scientific advancement and development, war will be no more. But even within this 21st century, the Arab Springs, the Boko Haram, the ISIS, the jihadist movements, the Fulani killing sprees have risen up and terrified humankind. The Darfur crisis in such a way that you ask yourself how, how did Jesus put this together? But number two, he talks about famines, earthquakes, and pestilences. Let's read the Matthew 24. We are reading verse 7. Matthew 24, verse 7. And then, we, we are not reading it, but you can write down Mark 13, verse 8. And then Luke chapter 21, verse 11. Matthew chapter 24, verse 7. Nation will rise against nation. Yes. And kingdom against kingdom. Yes. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. There will be famines and there will be earthquakes in various places. Now, you have to understand that earthquakes have happened since the world began. But, once again, within the last 50 to 70 years, earthquakes have become increasingly destructive and their magnitudes have been such that the Pakistani earthquake, for example, of 1960 is the greatest earthquake that has shaken this earth since the world began. Look at Haiti. So you ask yourself, what is going on? Look at tsunami. But it's not only earthquakes. He talks about famines. Now, certainly, it is very strange that 21st century there will be record of famines in the world. But that's what we are coming up with. But I want us to read Luke 21:11 because it mentions pestilences and pandemics. I know you believe me. You can read it on your own. You see? So, the bubonic plague, Ebola, HIV, AIDS, and now COVID-19, coronavirus, and its many forms, killing almost one million human beings across 120 countries and states. Nobody imagined 
that with so much civilization we would have pandemics like this coming up but this is why I believe the Bible I doubt evolution according to evolution this world will never end it's becoming better and better because we are evolving to become better but Jesus says this world has an end and there are signs to show that this great old earth will totter and grind to a halt according to the sovereign will of he who rules in the heavens the man who created the world is the only one who can fold it up now let me touch a little on the rise of the spirit of antichrist according to first john chapter 2 verse 18 john says children it is the last hour because the spirit of antichrist is in the world now the antichrist the 666 himself has not been revealed but his spirit is at work in lawlessness in the world first john chapter 2 we are reading verse 18 first john chapter 2 verse 18 dear children this is the last hour and as you have heard that the antichrist is coming even now many antichrists have come this is how we know it is the last hour if at the time the apostle john was writing first john ad 85 to 90 he says it is the last hour then we are living in the last seconds we must understand that there is an increase of satanic activity which is gradually enveloping the whole world you can google and find out that we have over four universities in the united states of america that are offering bachelor's degree master's degree in witchcraft and magic and they practice there are some European universities also offering this degree there is an increase of the occult and a surge you just have to go onto the net and even though they make fun of Halloween it is the biggest meeting of witches in the year And not only that, a lot of deceptive spirit is moving all over the world. Then, Jesus warns us that in the last days, the love of many people will grow cold 
But not only that, we are told by the scriptures that scoffers will arise. I don't need to prove that. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 1 to 5 has already done justice to that. But what I want to raise is that the character of human beings will be in total shambles. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, I want us to read just the three, first three verses. If they don't frighten you, nothing can frighten you. He says that in the last days, perilous times will come. Second Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 to 3. Because men will be lovers of themselves, they will be lovers of money, they will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, they will be proud, arrogant, uh, disobedient to parents, men, implacable, covenant breakers. Yes. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good. Can you imagine somebody who loves himself, loves money, loves pleasure and no control disobedient to his parents ungrateful as a lifestyle no matter what you do for him he is not satisfied he can't thank you but these are the kind of human beings who savage one of the words says they will be they will be savage wild animals that's where character is getting to but what I want to point out is that Jesus says in the last days men will come to a new normal. Let's read Luke 17, 26 to 30. I like that passage because Jesus says men will be marrying, giving marriage, selling buying, building and life will go on as normal Luke 17 uh, 26 yes. just as it was in the days of Noah just as it was in the days of Noah so also will it be in the days of the son of man it will be so in the days of the son of man who were eating they were eating drinking they were drinking marrying and being given in marriage marrying being given in marriage up to the day noah entered the ark to the day noah entered the ark then the flood came and destroyed them all then the flood came and destroyed them all it was the same in the days of Lot. you see there was no sign that hey the world is ending hey 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 no <laughs> everything was normal they were eating drinking marrying giving marriage building selling everything normal let's let's listen to the sodom and gomorrah situation 
They were drinking, planting, eating, buying, selling, planting, and building. And building. But they a lot less. It is not that they have not been happening. It is that they are gradually increasing. You can see that the world is changing. And let me mention two more from Daniel. Let's read Daniel chapter 12. I want us to read verse 4 where he talks about increase in travel and increase in knowledge. Daniel chapter 12 verse 4. Yes. But you, Daniel, close up and seal the words of the scroll yes. until the time of the end. Until the time of the end. Many will go here and there. Many will travel. Go here and there. To you, increase knowledge. To increase knowledge. Wow. Until the 19th century, the fastest way human beings could move was the horse. But man began to take off with wheels and trains and cars and aeroplanes and supersonic jets. And now you can have breakfast in Accra lunch in London and supper in New York yeah this is the time we are living in man is moving and there is so much travel everybody just go to our airport before COVID-19 or a typical busy bus stop and see people yeah, and, and you rush and, 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 and they have no time even to comb their hair moving to and fro but then he mentions another thing increasing knowledge from 1975 it is now taking just one year for the knowledge in the whole world to double almost every year the amount of information and knowledge in the world is now doubling and is growing faster and faster and faster when I was in the university in Ghana, Accra my university was the premier university for this country there was only one computer in the whole university that's just over 40 years ago today last time I was talking with a family they said between themselves in their family they have seven computers knowledge is exploding a bible on every mobile phone and you name it you can google anywhere you can contact the rest of the world throughout 24 hours and I, I, I am okay now let me list for you the 10 most important things that both Jesus and his followers and the Old Testament say will surely take place in the church in the last days number one outpouring of the Holy Spirit 
Number two, increase in world evangelization. Number three, church revival. Number four, the purging, disciplining, preparing of the church for Jesus' second coming. Number five, increase in persecution. Number six, loss of faith. Number seven, loss of love because of wickedness. Number eight, increase in false ministries, ministers, and deceiving spirits. Number nine, character apostasy, moral apostasy. Number ten, doctrinal apostasy. Let me spend the rest of my bullets on these ten signs within the house of God. On the day of Pentecost, Peter in Acts 2, 16 to 18, quotes Joel chapter 2, verse 28 to 29, saying, God says, in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And upon men servants and maid servants, I will pour out of my spirit and they shall prophesy. I will show signs and wonders in the sun and the moon. In the heavens above. Zechariah chapter 10 verse 1 says, Ask for the Lord, uh, from the Lord the former rain and the latter rain. The promise of God is that when Satan is doing his worst in the world, God is doing his best in the church he wants to empower the church anoint the church to meet Satan boot for boot knee to knee eyeball to eyeball knuckle to knuckle secondly Jesus says in Matthew 24 14 
that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations. Then shall the end come. In 2 Peter 3 verse 9, Peter says, God is not slow about bringing this world to an end, but He is being patient towards us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. In Acts 17, 30, 31, Paul in Athens said, The times of ignorance God has overlooked, but now He commands all men everywhere to repent. He commands all men everywhere to repent. He commands all men everywhere to repent. Because He has set a day upon which He is going to judge the world in righteousness by a man. And He has given proof of this to all men by raising Him from the dead. The Revelation chapter 7 verses 9 and 10 John said and I saw a great multitude which no man could number from every nation, every tongue, every people every language all over and they were in white robes with palm branches standing before the Lamb in worship it means that God is fueling the church to be involved in missions, in evangelism, to get the gospel to every corner, uttermost parts of the earth, before the end will come. It is exciting to note, it is not COVID-19 which will end this world. It cannot. It is the preaching of the gospel in all the world for a witness to all nations that will surely bring this world to an end. Let me talk about the fourth sign. The increasing revival of the true gospel. In Isaiah chapter 4 the first three verses and Micah chapter 2 the first three verses I want us to read the Isaiah passage one of the signs of the end times is that God will cause the mountain of the Lord to be the highest mountain on earth and all nations hungry, thirsty people will flow to it and come to learn the law of God. Yes. Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah. We are reading the first three verses. Isaiah chapter 2. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last day, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills. And all nations will stream to it. All nations will stream to it. Many rivers will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. Let's go to the mountain of the Lord. To the house of the God of Jacob. Yes. He will teach us his ways. He will teach us his ways. So that we may walk in his path. So that we may walk in his path. The Lord will go out from Zion. The word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Then... Jesus is coming for a church 
that is without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. I am a pastor. And for the past 40 years, I pastor imperfect human beings. But when I read the scripture, there is no doubt in my mind that Jesus is not coming for a dirty church. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 and 4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, when He chose us in Him, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. Ephesians 5, 25 to 27 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her that he might wash her with the water of the word and present the church to himself, a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing but holy and Glorious church. The church Jesus is coming for is a church that is shining with glory. And in these last days, the events of the end time will shake the church, will purge the church, will push the church against the wall in such a way that if you cannot live a holy life, you will drop out. Please, let me just run over Luke chapter 18, verse 8, where Jesus says, When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? In Matthew, chapter 24 verse 12 Jesus says because of wickedness the love of many will grow cold but I want to point out that increasing persecution of Christianity and the church is mentioned as one of the signs of the end times Brother who betrayed brother. Children who betrayed their father. Jesus said you will be hated by all men for my name's sake. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. You only need to look around the world. And count the number of people who are being killed for the sake of their faith. And how laws are increasingly being made on the national level against Christianity. And then you will understand. I want to finish with two more moral character depravity within the church. In the second Timothy chapter three, verse five, 
Paul says there will be people holding on to a form of religion but denying the power thereof. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 1 all the way to verse 4 this is the last letter of Paul we have existing before he died. He wrote to Timothy and said I charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ and his appearing to judge the world and the holy elect angels preach the word rebuke and teach and insist in all patience for the time will come and it is here when men having eating ears will remove their ears from hearing the truth and heap up for themselves teachers who will teach what satisfies and pleases them these days you need courage to preach truth and stand for it because there are certain topics when you announce them in church Church members vote by their feet. They don't come. But when you announce some topics, they come. They want to tell you that we, what, what are you doing? We are not interested. Men with itching ears within the house of God. But it is not only character in the house of God that will be terrible in the fall away. Doctrine. Doctrine. I want us to read First Timothy chapter 4. First Timothy chapter 4. First Timothy chapter 4. We are reading from verse, verse 1. one. Let's read four. from verse 1 to all the way to verse 3. The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith. And follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Deceiving spirits, things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical lies, whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They are the teachers, their consciences are seared, branded as with hot iron. They forbid people to marry. And did you hear that? Doctrines of demons. That's what they teach. And order them to abstain from certain foods. In fact, in Matthew 24, we are reading from verse 22 to 24. Matthew 24, 22 to 24. Jesus says that the presence of false Christ false prophets doing false miracles and wonders will be so strong that even if it was possible even the elect will be deceived and those days have been shortened otherwise nobody will be saved yes. those days have not been cut short no one would survive yes but for the sake of the elect for the sake of the elect those days will be shortened yes at that time, if anyone says to you, Look, here is a Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. 
for false Christ and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles. False Christ, false prophets will appear, perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect. Ah. If that were possible. To deceive even the elect if that were possible. So, what have we been going through? We have been looking at the fact that Jesus is sure. He is authoritative. He is final. That the world, this earth, will definitely be coming to an end. It is not here forever. And he tells us that there will be signs to close the age. There will be ten at least happening in the world all over with increasing intensity. Then, in the church, there will be at least ten also with increasing intensity. And when we see these signs, we must be sure that our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. We have to lift up our heads. We have to pray without ceasing that we may be counted worthy to be delivered out of all that is happening and be able to stand before the Son of Man on that day blameless that we have made it. And on that day, when he appears, when we meet him, it will be something else. We shall be like him. I want to stop here and call upon you. If you have been listening to me, I want you to know that the things I have been talking about are some of the strongest convictions of Jesus Christ. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words concerning the end times particularly will never pass away. Wherever you are, if you have never given your heart and life to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, today, I want you to know that this is the time to re-examine your ways, look at what is happening, and see the torment of the COVID-19, and wake up, and give your life to Jesus as Lord and personal Savior. If you have been living as a sloppy Christian, I want to call upon you to wake up, and stop giving your strength and energy to the things of this world, which will pass away, and change your attitude towards the Son of God. And if you have been living a constant, faithful, fruitful Christian life, I want to call upon you to persist. Because he that endures to the end shall be saved. He that endures to the end shall be saved. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Follow JFK Mensa Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry 
at www.jfkmensaministries.org. God bless you.